God bless everybody. Wow, it has been quite a while since I have did any sort of recordings. Whew, a lot has happened. Just want to refresh everybody. I am living now in Western New York and it is October 21st. Yep. And it is quite chilly out, 49. So this is probably the max chill temperature from where I was in California. And so now I am already, <laughs> whew, I'm already knee deep into it. So we're just gonna rough it through the winter. We've got our wood stove, we've got our fire, we've got everything we need to make it through the winter. And most importantly, we have the Father in Heaven who is amazing. And I just got done reading Psalms 91 and he that abides under the shadow of the Almighty, he is preserved. Thank you, Jesus. And I just wanted to kind of, I guess, just talk about this phrase that came to my mind and it was the phrase that says living your best life I'm living my best life we've heard it um, before when people say yes I'm living my best life and I definitely can say that anyone who actually says that and they're not thinking of the Father in heaven, Jesus Christ. They are coming from a very ungodly maternal, or I'm sorry, material um, viewpoint and perception. And like living your best life. So I'm thinking like, would the disciples, when Jesus had told Peter, basically had foreshadowed in the scriptures you know, that he was going to die um, as far as uh, an earthly death. You know, would he, would Peter have been, would he have said at that point, I'm living my best life? Would he have said, I'm living my best life after Christ ascended into heaven and the rubber hit the road with spreading the gospel and the persecution and the adversity that come with it? Would Peter have said, living my best life I can almost guarantee if he was thinking in the flesh he would never say that but in the spirit praise God he was living his best life because living the best life your best life is going to be persecution to this to the lust of the flesh to the lust of this world but it's going to be godliness and righteousness to the father in heaven and um, I just thought of a scenario, uh, a patient encounter. And this gentleman was a retired police officer, still in his later 50s. I thought, wow, you're living your best life, right? He was happy. Like in this area, people, um, they go south for the winters and then they come back for the, for the summers or you know, cooler part or warmer parts of the year. And, um, this gentleman, you know, was able to retire. And even when, 
even where he had worked as a police officer, I, I just, it's probably one of the best places in the world to have to work as a police officer. So this, this, you know, not that his life was easy, but he truly, I can imagine, you know, and he's married, um, you know, part of the social history, right? I can imagine him and his wife are just feeling like, wow, we're living our best life. We get to go down south. We don't, you know, really have, you know, money as far as it's taken care of. We, you know, we might not be millionaires, but, you know, we're pretty much living the American dream, right? We all want that American dream. At least that's what we've been raised to think before our eyes were open spiritually. Was that American dream that you can just retire early and just live your best life. <laughs> and I think the irony is stuff is about to get crazy here in America. And um, I don't say that because I want it to. <laughs> not at all. I do not want it to get crazy, but it's going that way. And um, we'll see how many people would say they're living their best life. And so it just reminds me also of how difficult it is to die to this flesh and pick up your cross daily. How difficult that is because Jesus, you know, the rich man had approached him and he's like, what can I do? What can I do to get to heaven? He says, well, go and sell everything and then come back. And so, you know, this, you know, this guy, this couple, or just anybody like go and sell everything. Um, and then I can see you like, what does that even mean? You know, what if, what's the standard of going and selling everything? I mean, we'd have to know that the poorest in America are extremely wealthy compared to, you know, poverty worldwide. So our most, you know, yearly income, impoverished people are extremely rich compared to worldwide averages of poverty. And I mean, you can go look up the own, your own statistics with that. Most people choose poverty here. You could be born in poverty here and choose riches and make the right choices. And you could, that's part of the quote American dream is you could build yourself from nothing to something. And so it's when Jesus was like, go and sell everything so that you you can inherit the kingdom. I mean, he's talking to the poor people in America as well because they don't want to give up. Think about, they're living their best life. So often, I recently again had a conversation about a gentleman who is indigenous to the Western New York area. And if anyone knows and if you lived anywhere else in a warmer climate, you would know that there is not as much homelessness in colder climates, particularly this area. And so he made his way to California and he says, wow, like, I just couldn't believe that. There's got to be just something, you know, to more you could do. And, you know, I've lived around homeless people and by and far, most homeless people have had choices to live in homes and have structured living, but many have not been able to 
deny, you know, things that are not allowed in the structured living. Say, for example, methamphetamines or, you know, alcoholism, um, things of that nature. I mean, honest to goodness, this is what most of it is. Or mental health. You got patients that don't want to be treated. Um, so, you know, they just make the decision like, well, we're just gonna, you know, live our best life out on the streets because this is our best life and this is our choice. So why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this because the only best life is with Christ. It is when our spiritual eyes are open. And when our spiritual eyes are open and we're surrendered to Christ, when we allow him to be the Lord of Lords in our life and the King of Kings, when we allow that, when we allow the grace and the blood of Christ to cover us, when we come to the end of ourselves and realize there's nothing we can do anymore, that, that it's him and him alone who sustains us, then our eyes are open, spiritually speaking, but then the persecution comes, the division comes. People that you normally would talk to, well, you don't really talk to them anymore because they're still, quote, living their best life in the worldly lusts, you know, and, and people say lust and they think just sexual. No, lust is lust of the flesh. You could lust after alcohol. You could lust after food. If your mind is preoccupied with it, you're lusting after it. Certainly, you could lust sexually, of course. That's an easy no-brainer. But let us not, like, just stop thinking at that. You could lust after the idolatry of sports. You could lust after your own family members when they're your relationship with them becomes more important than your relationship with the brethren. And uh, biblically speaking, there's just so much to say about our duty and love and ad admiration and, and just responsibility between the brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so truly, when your eyes are open is when you do live your best life. Because then you get free. You're free from the oppression of the lusts of the world that makes you think the material gain is their best life. Think of this. If you were born in a country that didn't have the American royalties and luxuries, you certainly would not be thinking you're living your best life. If you were in a country that was, you know, name it, Bangladesh, I mean, some outback Moroccan tribe, um, I mean, we could go on and on and on. And so, um, yeah, the Holy Spirit was just really speaking about this whole living your best life. And what he's telling me is that just count it all joy when the trials and persecutions come. Count it all joy that that is your best life. Because the life to come is eternal. 
it's everlasting and it's surely going to be the best life with Jesus Christ ruling and reigning and even think about it further if one just you know wide is the gate to destruction and narrow is the way to the life with Christ so if one chooses destruction to quote live their best material life right now with eternal uh, I'm sorry with worldly lusts they are going to spend and they just choose to ignore and feed their spirit and waken up their spirit they are going to spend eternal life separated from the father in hell and this would be their best life it's almost like they're proclaiming a death sentence over themselves if they don't wake up spiritually and the lord will put a spirit of slumber over hardened hearts he says so in his word in romans 11 it says so so um we just got to pray and we just got to fight this fight and know that when the persecution comes and not even on like a big grand scale of a country, but even within your own family, count it all joy. And, um, when you weep, when you weep because it hurts so bad because that separation with your mother or your father or your children or your sisters or brothers or cousins, aunts or uncles when it just pierces your soul you surrender more to the to the holy spirit for his comfort jesus promised him a comforter and he is the greatest comforter ever better than the blanket on your bed he will come in and he will soothe those tears he will soothe those scars that are just wreaking havoc in your soul and he will heal you he will put the balm of Jesus Christ the balm of the father within you and you can fight this fight and even better and even more he'll connect you with others who know exactly what you're going through and then you'll all of a sudden get a three chord and you cannot break a three chord and you will find that his grace is sufficient in those times but our father is such a good father he will bless you he will bless you and he will answer those those prayers that you have for your loved ones so the moral of this story folks is absolutely live your best life in Christ throw off every sin that entangles every sin anything anything that you're doing that is not righteous that is ungodly like anything it might not be illegal but if it doesn't point back to the father it's ungodly and it can be a sin because you know why it can be idleness it can be slumber laziness those are sins He's calling us now. He wants to waken his righteous children. He's calling us back soon. He wants us to persevere. He wants us to pray. He wants us to be in one accord, praying for the brethren, praying for the harvest, for the Lord of the harvest. He's coming for us soon. 
So I'm just thinking when Jesus said, will I find any faith left on the earth when I come? He knows. He knows how hard it is. He's been there. He's done that. And he's still doing it. So praise God. Love you all. God bless you all. And indeed, live your best life through Jesus Christ. Surrender today. Just ask him. Just surrender. It's not even like just asking him to come into your heart. Just surrender. Say, Father, I surrender. I repent. Forgive me. Forgive me for not searching for you, for not yielding my soul to you. I'm yours, Lord. Worship him. Worship him. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. He will strengthen your spirit. He will strengthen it. So it's so good. You will never regret it. God bless you all.